Hello and welcome to SMPD, the podcast where we take a look back at the cartoons that shaped our childhood. Tis the season of goodwill to all men and the giving of presents, so what better way to celebrate that than to look back at the most commercial of all franchises, <laughs> He-Man and She-Ra, A Christmas Special. Yeah, now this one, I remember this from when I was very small. I mean, it was first put out in 1985, um, appeared a few times on TV, but then didn't really go anywhere or do anything until probably the early 2000s when it appeared on DVD. Um, but I remember having it recorded off the TV and we used to watch it, not just at Christmas, we just watch it throughout the year because it was He-Man and she and it was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, having re-watched it in the last hour, <laughs> nah, not so much. Uh, I mean, we've, I, I've made reference to it on this podcast before. We haven't done He-Man yet. I'm sure we will do somewhere in this run. He-Man really is like the cartoon for me as a child. It is. I was a huge, huge He-Man fan. And watching it as an adult, man, it breaks my heart, seriously. Some of, some of the shows we watch for this podcast are, are genuinely still good and fresh and many are surprising. Uh, He-Man is surprising for the wrong reasons, but anyway, the show at large, I'm sure we'll address. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, somewhere else. Yeah, but. this 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 was a purpose-written um, Christmas episode where um, two abducted children bring Christmas to Eternia. Um, there's not a great deal written about it online in terms of the production. I think it was just made as an episode of part as part of the run that they ran out later on. I mean, I would assume so. Back in the kind of, it doesn't happen so much these days, but certainly as a child back in the early eighties, I can remember Christmas specials for everything—not just cartoons, but sitcoms and and everything. Any kind of syndicated run show yeah. had uh, at least a Christmas special. Some had one every year, uh, and then of course there were the one-off Christmas specials as well, which probably from the generation before. But you had things like the Rankin Bass Rudolph, yeah. Frosty the Snowman, you had the Grinch. So there were a lot of these kind of. Christmas specials around, so it was just the done thing. Mm. There was a He-Man, She-Ra crossover Christmas special. I mean, the thing runs, I guess, when it was on TV, it must have run to 60 minutes. It's about 45 without ads. Yeah. So it was, for all intents and purposes, a feature-length episode of yeah. He-Man. I mean, if you look at it, we'll get, we'll get into the actual episode in, in more detail, but the, the way it's broken up with the uh, the title cards and everything, they've got their natural breaking points. They've, yeah, they have the commercial breaks in there. And they, they've preserved those in the um, in the DVD release as well, which is quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're very much a part of the show, I think, aren't they? They're almost like wipes as such, hmm. um, albeit, you know, either He-Man's sword or She-Ra's sword comes hurtling towards the screen and you get a transition into the next scene. I think if you took them out... The show just wouldn't flow because they very naturally are. Shira is leaving here and going to here, and then in the yeah. very next scene she would be there. <coughs> Excuse me. So we do kind of need those in there, um, but they fit with the show's format anyway. Those things are present in yeah. the show itself. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, to dive in and look at it, then as you said, it's all about two abducted children. <laughs> Essentially, Orko manages to kidnap. Two children yeah, and bring them to Eternia at Christmas time. It's basically an alien abduction. Some, <laughs> some little red dude is. arrives on the planet, crash lands on the planet, finds two children, takes them onto his spaceship, and then takes them off to another planet. Yeah, that that's kind of seedy. It is a bit seedy. I mean, I guess to wind it all the way back, then there is Man at Arms creates a. They call it the Sky Spy. It's a rocket ship that they're going to use to spy on Skeletor. Yeah. Um, as is always the case with He-Man, Orko somehow manages to bumble his way onto this ship and launch it, crash lands onto Earth, yes, uh, and finds these these two children were lost in the snow, having been sent out by their parents to chop down their own fucking Christmas tree. Yeah, now we'll um, get onto the parents later on, but what the fuck? Yeah, I, I, especially they seem to be lost in some kind of mountain range. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're which, not. They're, they're not they're like not in their back area. garden. No, 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 not at all. They have wandered a long way from home. Yeah, they've probably been out there for days. Yeah. Um, so it's it's Miguel and I forget, uh, Miguel and Alicia. That's right. Um, Miguel, not the most Hispanic-looking child I've ever seen, but no, practically ginger, um, yeah. very pale. Yeah, and uh, uh, Alicia but was fairly Aryan. It was it was the eighties. We needed a token, so <laughs> this is true. Yeah, but we're still not progressive enough to have a black person. So it's Miguel. It's Miguel. It's Miguel. Yeah, that's fine. Um, 
So yeah, Orko, um, there's, there's some nonsense about needing a magic crystal from under the lake in Etheria, which leads Shira off on her own subquest, despite He-Man being the first one, or Adam being the first person to transform, yeah. run out of the room as He-Man, and then miss the entire plan altogether in favour yeah. of just going to beat on Skeletor a bit. Yeah, a little bit. It was, it was it's bizarre, you, you, you look at the structure of it and you're thinking... There are a lot of choices that somebody signed off on that I, really don't make a lot of sense. I mean, narratively, He-Man, as a show, not just this special, is, is not something we should be analysing in terms of choice. There is one key motivator behind the whole Masters of the Universe, universe and that is sell toys. Yes. I mean, this fucking thing, literally every character, whether they speak or not, every character is in this Christmas special, even if they're just in the background yes. of a panning shot. like. Every possible toy that was ever made is in this thing somewhere. Just to hammer that point home, like they did with the uh, the toys, there's a character whose name I can never remember. It's the one He-Man toy I still have. Not that, no, not that I play with them that often. Um, but it's the one I've still got from when I was a child. And he was there. And he did fuck all. Literally, they repeated the animation he was in three times. He didn't move. He didn't speak. He didn't talk to anybody different. He was stood at a table talking to a gingerbread as the camera went across him. And that was it. But he's by his toy. He looks cool. Um, very little actually happens outside of He-Man and She-Ra punching stuff and all go bumbling around. Like, the rest of the... Teela does nothing. Yeah. Uh, the sorceress isn't even in it. No. Um... And then you look at the other side, like Eva Lynn's not in it. Eva Lynn's not in it. I mean, I, I appreciate, you know, there are a lot of characters to fit in within an essentially 45 minutes. It's an hour with, with yeah. commercial breaks, as we said. But still, I mean, Battle Cat's not even in it. No. Cringer is in the opening, lying down, and then Battle Cat does nothing. I was going to say, didn't even spot Cringer in it. No, now this is primarily because, I guess, there is there is actually quite a lot of planet hopping in this. They go from Eternia to Etheria and back again, and they go to Earth, and so there is a lot of stuff in outer space, and Battle Cat can't fly, whereas Shiraz Butch Unicorn, whose name escapes Swift me. Swiftwind? Swiftwind, that's it, Swifty. Uh, the unicorn with the gruffest, most considering the thing is fucking pink, it's, always it's, pink armor. It's a, it's a, it's a white unicorn with pink and blue wings and pink armor, and it sounds like Shaft, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is a very bizarre vocal choice. Yeah, um, you get, you kind of get the impression that the girl who was supposed to do the voice didn't turn up, and they found the janitor instead, <laughs> and just stuck with it. Yeah. yeah, and it's like once they did it, they couldn't go away from that. Yeah. And you do just expect him to start dropping end bombs, bombs and calling every motherfucker. Yeah, he's pretty, pretty butch. Um, but yeah, Battle Cat obviously can't fly, so He-Man spends a lot of his time on a rocket sled whilst Chiva's flying around on Swifty. Um, it's just bizarre to me that one of them, like, He-Man comes with Battle Cat. That is, yes. like, you, you don't see one without the other. It's, no, absolutely. It, it's just bizarre. I mean, likewise, Ram Man does nothing and... Fisto, all of these characters. By the way, He-Man has a fucking character called Fisto. <laughs> like we just have to, <laughs> we do just have to that. take pause for that for a moment. Like, I mean, really, somebody knew what they were doing there. Oh God, yes. I, I mean, either they really couldn't be asked to think of a name, or somebody put a lot of thought into that and went, Do "You know what would be really funny." I don't know, because part of me would like to think, yeah, somebody did that on purpose, just to really fuck with people. On the other hand, seeing some of the other choices and some of the, the really lazy development, it was probably just, he's got a big metal hand, we'll just call him We'll Fisto. call him Fisto, yeah. I mean, that that does tend to be the he-man. I mean, see also Ram-man, yes. manny faces. <laughs> yeah. Not exactly. Too bad. Yeah, too bad, yeah. You know, not exact Moss Man. <laughs> what is it? It's a man made of moss. I know. We'll call it Moss Man. I mean, this continues throughout the Christmas special as well. We have things like the man sheens. Yes. Half man, half machine. Okay. Well, actually, they're not really half man at all, are they? They're machines with faces. Yeah, they're kind of like cyborgs. Uh, androids. Yeah, they are more like androids. And then there are essentially Transformers. Not essentially Transformers. They are fucking Transformers. Yeah, okay. They are Transformers. Uh 
In, in fact, I believe the line at one point is, look at those robots, they're transforming. No, this, they're turning into other things. They're exactly. very careful to not say to transform. not say transformers. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but there's one, I mean, I can't remember which transformer it is, but the, the action from turning from standing robot into tank is identical. I mean, yeah, pretty shameless. Yeah, um, and you, you kind of get that all the way through. I mean, um, we, we literally just watched it, and there's a point where... I think it's where Shira goes back with you, and she's got to distract the beast monster, um, while um, the mermaid woman, whose name I can't remember, um, dives under the water and finds this incredibly rare crystal. She comes up with in four seconds, um, and even that, like the animation of the the, the dilapidated, dilapidated area around the lake, it's the fucking cat's lair. Yeah, it's it, it's absolutely shameless. Yeah, I mean, like I said, this thing, like He Man really does exist to sell toys they are not asked yeah i mean even to the point where they're they're all asking what christmas is and what christmas is about and presents comes back to presents even to the fucking epilogue yeah yeah several times they mention that christmas is about presents now they do pay lip service to angels and feelings of goodwill and that's that is kind of in there but whereas every other christmas special is all about the magic of christmas and the warmth of christmas this is Every time it's brought up, somebody mentions presents. presents. And yeah, you go you go to the epilogue where Adam and Orca were talking about the meaning of Christmas and the Christmas spirit. I think it's a thirty second skit, and they use the word presents about fifty eight thousand fucking times. It's it is absolutely horrendous. It is shameless. It really is. I mean, the only I'm surprised they stopped short. To be honest, of sending the kids back home with some sort of He Man doll. Yeah, I mean, they surely could have worked that into the narrative. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, the Christmas thing, it, it's called a Christmas special, but Christmas really has very little bearing on this story whatsoever. It is 40 minutes of He-Man and She-Ra punching and kicking stuff. It is, and the only, the only real journey you get, the only arc you get is Skeletor. Um, where he learns to be nice and Skeletor does learn the meaning of Christmas. He, he, yeah. he learns and displays the true meaning of Christmas. Although he does after the line, while while a dog is licking, I don't know what's coming over me. At which point, I just lost my shit. I, look, there is definitely, and when we come on to the show itself, I could do half an hour on the magic of Skeletor because seriously, this this show is nothing without Skeletor, Absolutely. especially as an adult. Like. The amount of knowing innuendo that is thrown out by that character is God, yeah. absolutely ridiculous. And I think it's kind of telling as well that you look at the characters and like Prince Adam is just a bit of a dick. He's kind of useless. He-Man's this very straight, very square-jawed, looking all-American... There you know. is nothing straight about He-Man. <laughs> Come on, seriously. Right. I mean straight legs. <laughs> um, but yeah, but Skeletor is the one that sort of stands out. And Skeletor is the one that you really look at. And it's quite funny now you've got one of the car insurance ads where they always use characters and they used Skeletor as their selling point months before they brought He-Man into it mm. because Skeletor is more memorable. Oh, definitely. It, it, it Definitely. He really is like the highlight of the whole show. I mean, because it's a crossover, you get Hordak as well because he's She-Ra's villain. And while I think he does look cooler than Skeletor. Oh, God, yeah. I, I had Hordak. I had the... the yeah, yeah. The he looked way cooler. He's like a kind of, I don't know, cyborg, half-man, half-bat type creature. Yeah. But he's nowhere near as memorable or funny as Skeletor. And every time he shows up, you're just like, oh, just fuck off. Bring Skeletor back. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah. Where's his fucking flying jet ski for a start? Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, the, the whole Christmas thing is dealt with because the children eventually end up in Skeletor's care, even though he technically kidnaps, kidnaps them. them in order to take them to Horde Prime. In all fairness, right, when we get to this point, right, these kids are fucking useless. They get kidnapped like five times. Well, I mean... Well, don't talk to strangers, kids. Yeah, particularly ones with skeleton faces. Or and, fucking little flying red things on spaceships. I mean, surely it would worry you enough. That, I mean, by the time Skeletor's with them, they crash land into the snow. Second time, mind you, now, the kids have been lost in the snow. Yeah. Right? They are freezing cold to the point where the girl, whose name I've forgotten again, Alicia, Alicia keels over with hypothermia in the space of two seconds flat. Yeah, I'm cold. <coughs> Bang. Yeah. Yet Skeletor, who is literally wearing a loincloth, is not cold. But it's his environment. He, you know, he's, he's presumed it's an evolutionary thing whereby he's evolved to not feel the cold. 
Uh, I don't know. It looked pretty fucking cold, but anyway. Well, he was blue. Yeah. He magics them up some puffer jackets, which apparently are a thing on Eternia, even though no one else is wearing any kind of sportswear or outdoor gear. No. But puffer jackets are a thing. Uh, imagine that some puffer jackets, and all of a sudden they're fine. Yeah, like she literally, she's unconscious from the cold. This jacket miraculously appears around her. Oh, I'm warm again. That's the actual line. I'm warm again. Yeah. Seriously, what the fuck? So then Skeletor tries to, you know, move them on, get them the whole prime, leaving behind this robotic puppy that she's picked up along the yeah. way. And then Skeletor literally goes back and saves a puppy. At this point, he is like an actual superhero. <laughs> He he goes back and saves a puppy from the snow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he goes on a journey, I guess, and he's altered by the magic of Christmas yeah. to the point where he's even having a laugh with He-Man and She-Ra at the end. Yeah, and nobody's trying to kill each other. Uh, yeah, like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like, surely, when Skeletor's standing there, defenseless, and his guard is down, surely that is the time. Yeah. Like, or you while, take him out. While everybody's laughing and joking how wonderful Christmas is, you take that big fucking staff and bash their heads in. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, Skeletor's not going to because he's not evil by the end of this episode. He'll be evil again by the time He-Man starts back next season. Yeah. But by the end of this episode, he's learned his lesson and it's all about saving the children and the spirit of Christmas and, and all of that. I'm surprised they didn't actually invite him to the party that they have at the palace. Yeah, that would have kind of cemented it, really. You know, it? and he, he himself could carve the roast beast. You yes. know, it was it was really that is the journey that Skeletor goes on, um, but yeah. Other than that, the actual Christmas thing it's mentioned. The word Christmas is used in passing a few yeah. times. There's a really interesting cutaway where um, Orko first crash lands on Earth and he's talking to the kids and asking them about Christmas and what it is. And they start. The first is Christmas is the time you get presents. Uh, and then yeah. Oh right, okay. Tell me more. And then there's they talk about <laughs> Santa who brings presents. And they talk about the, you know, the mythology around that. And then they're just about to tell the Christmas story, the actual Christmas nativity, religious, blah, 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 blah. Cut back to Eternia. Yeah, cut back to cool characters fighting. Yes. And then you have that little sequence, and then you cut back to Earth, and they've told the story, and it's finished, and now you can go back to talking about presents. Yeah. Hey, kids. Yeah, I mean, there's even right back at the start of the episode... Um, where Christmas is first mentioned, and it's before, I think, Orko even gets on the jet, Marlena mentions yes. that this is the time of year in Earth we would be celebrating Christmas. Yeah. Someone says to her, it might even be it's, the, king, the king, what's Christmas? Yeah. And then we cut away. Yes, and she it sets it up not, perfectly. Yeah. Because you can't have the Queen say, it's about presents! Yeah. Yeah, but that, that is literally, I think, the first scene. Oh, this is about the time on Earth where we celebrated Christmas. Yes. Um, there is a Christmas song in the middle because all Christmas specials need a Christmas song. Yeah, it's that really freaked me out. dreadful. I mean, we, we talked about this as we were watching and we're watching this, pissing ourselves laughing and cringing at the same time. Yeah, um, let, let's get one thing straight. We're saying this is bad and it is bad. Oh, it's, a, it's enjoyable. I, yeah, I cannot say I, I didn't it. enjoy this. I loved, I loved every minute of it. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's fucking terrible. It is. Um, and the, the, the bit in the middle where so they're, they're singing this Christmas song. So they're out in the snow. The kids are out in the snow and they, they have their eyes closed. They're singing. Why are they singing with their eyes closed? That's just fucking weird. People but, do sing. Do you not watch X Factor? You have, you no, have to, you have have to close life. your eyes and reach for the sky when you sing. Oh, is, is that where the whoever died is? is yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, literally, they're, they're sitting cross-legged in the snow, so they must be freezing their bollocks off, rocking back and forth with their eyes closed, big smiles on their face, singing a song that sounds a bit Christmassy, a bit carolly, but for legal reasons, is not. Yeah, it is not a carol. Yeah. It's a brand new song written specially for this, <coughs> and it's shite. It's fucking terrible. Um, I don't know until I come to edit this together. There's half a chance you may have that on the titles. Hopefully, I'll get hold of the Christmassy version of the He-Man and She-Ra music. But I've not looked yet. So if I don't, <laughs> you'll end up with that. So if it, not, maybe I'll just stick it in here. Love and caring, peaceful bliss, joys of sharing, happiness. Christmas spirits in the air, Eternia and everywhere. Don't you feel it? Feel that you're a part. Christmas season is a time of your heart. Okay, so yeah, it was fucking terrible. Yes.
Um, I, th- I think we can all agree on that. Um, yeah, j- Jingle Bells was mentioned, but again, for legal reasons. No, no, no. It's not Jingle Bells. Orko gets it wrong. No, no, Orko gets it wrong. He says Jingle's Bell. That's and, it. And then Alicia says, oh, Jingle's Bell. No, I mean Jingle Bells. She does correct him, but then they move on. Ah, right, okay. So, yeah, for again, for legal reasons, they didn't do Jingle Bells. Yeah, for legal reasons, they don't do a lot of things, which is quite funny, considering they don't give a shit about ripping off other <laughs> franchises. That's right, it is quite funny. But, um, yeah, so, it's, it's, it's a tough one, so we'll go into a great deal of, uh, a great deal of death when we, when we eventually come to do He-Man on, on the show. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite bizarre. I mean, I haven't seen that show. I thought I'd seen it more recently than I have, but I don't think I've actually seen it since I was a kid. And as things were coming up, I'm remembering them. Certainly um, the dog, whose name was Relay. As soon as I saw that dog, I remembered the whole scene with Skeletor walking in the snow and getting his face licked. Didn't remember the uh, line about coming over him, which, no, I was a child, so... It would have gone straight over your head, yeah. if it, as would maybe most it Skeletor's in a window. Yeah, well, maybe, yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't, obviously didn't remember that, but I remember that whole sequence. And as things were coming up, I took... <laughs> Up, not over. As, as things were appearing on screen, for those of you not as childish as Chris, um, yeah, I was thinking, oh, fuck yeah, I remember that. Well, that's really bad. Like, even to the point, there's a scene that right at the beginning where they're decorating the palace for not a Christmas party, um, but for Adam and Nadora's birthday party, because you know, they can't possibly have a Christmas party, but they still need a party. There's a, that somebody's putting up banners, and I, I, I remember that image of the banner because the edge of it was perfectly straight. Mm. But it was going onto a rounded pole, and it's something that always struck me. It didn't fit. Right. And when I saw it, I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, that's where that came from." And it's just an image that stuck with me. And there's things like that all the way through it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of because I watched this show, I really did love He Man as a kid. I I did have all the toys. Like it was, if I was having a birthday party or Christmas was coming up, I was easy to buy for. It was it was getting He Man stuff. Yeah. Um, so a lot of this is a warm, fuzzy, nostalgia blanket for me. And I see these characters and just remember them and remember the things like that. You don't remember necessarily the whole show and the story yeah. behind it, but you remember the characters and the people. So when you get the big pan shot in the beginning, it's like, oh, there's Ram Man and there's Manny Faces and there's yeah. all of these characters. But then you do watch it as an adult and stuff. Like, it's, even now, it never really occurred to me until you just mentioned it, but we have Adam and Adora, and that is literally somebody sat there going, what do we call the female version of Adam? Yeah. What would Adam be if you just made it feminine? Oh, Adora. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's ridiculous. But let's be fair. How, how can we make he, sh- he a woman? Okay, we'll call it she. She woman? No, that's a bit shit. She ra. Yeah, that's... Less shit. Yeah, let's I mean, go with are, that. There are there are some concessions made there though, and obviously they need to be. But like He Man transforms, Adam transforms into He Man, and his clothes magically vanish. Yes. Shira, on the other hand, actually I would say gets more clothes. Yes. Because which is quite ironic. Because as Adora, she's just wearing like this bodysuit with like I don't know, she's got like a vest or something under it. Whereas as Shira, she's got the tiara and she's wearing a dress and the boots and yeah. And it, but it's quite funny as well, and it made me laugh when we were just watching it now, that He-Man transforms, and uh, Adam transforms into He-Man, the sword goes up, you get this flash of yellow around him when he's in front of Grayskull, and all of a sudden he's gone from being Adam to being Conan, I mean He-Man. Um, yeah, so throw back to an earlier episode. Um, where she ra she stands there, she might as well have a fucking magic wand and be waving it around, because it all sparkles around her, and then she gets the fucking dress, and it's, it's, the sequence is about ten seconds long, as opposed to E-Man, where it's just, it's there. She's fabulous. Absolutely. <laughs> it's fabulous. But it's, it's like, they made that point of, yeah, well, for, no, for a man it's got to be quick and manly, and for a woman it's got to be very glamorous and very, and very special and very yeah. sparkly, and what the fuck? I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate, maybe it is just because her sword is that much more magical than He-Man's. I mean, He-Man's sword is a fucking sword, albeit the sword of Grayskull, and it has the power to transform him and stuff like that, and occasionally we can see him shoot bolts and stuff if he conducts the electricity yeah. and stuff right, or whatever it is. But she sword can transform into, like, tons of shit. Yeah. She can shoot fire from it, she can turn it into a lasso, she yeah. can do all sorts with it. So there's... So maybe it's just that that sword is that little bit more magical and it's imbued with the power to transform a wardrobe and sparkle. Maybe. Yes. Maybe. I don't know. It just, again, it just so struck me that it was, because they were so close together as well, it was like, yeah, she had a lot more effort made on that one. 
Yeah, I mean, She-Ra did come afterward as well. So, like, you have to bear in mind these shows. I mean, it's Filmation that did He-Man, who are the king of, like, repeated yes. frame animation. They really are. So, these shows, that He-Man transformation sequence would have been made once and just dropped into every show. Yeah. So, that would have been made before we really knew that He-Man was going to be a big thing. Yeah. Whereas, by the time She-Ra came along, they had a little bit more scratch. Yeah. They knew it would hit because He-Man had hit. And even if girls didn't buy into it, which was the idea, because, hey, it's the 80s, let's be sexist. Um, they knew that boys would still watch it because boys watched him. I watched Shiro. Yeah. I loved it, you know. And and everybody of that age, if you were a dude and you played with He-Man toys, you, you weren't concerned that Shiro was. But there was never a like this is for girls. No. So they knew it would hit. So they could afford to spend that extra money. True. So I mean, it, it's probably part of that. But it is interesting when we say like you know boys are still going to watch it and stuff. And yet everything about She-Ra is so laser targeted to like the, the princess little girl image. Like, oh God, yeah. The, the fucking white horse that turns into a unicorn, the mermaids, the like even the, koala, the, what's it? I was going to say, the, the thing that's the equivalent of Orko, it's a fucking cuckoo cousin koala bear. I mean, it, flies. it fucking, it is straight out of the wuzzles. I, actually, probably the wuzzles came afterwards. But it looks exactly like a wuzzle. Yeah, I'm not sure which came first, but they're pretty damn close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it's straight out of that. Yeah. Um, but then again, you know, you had you had that side of it, and then you look at the villains. Like, Hordak is, is as we talked about earlier on, it's fucking hideous. Yeah. Like, it, he looks way more frightening than Skeletor. Mm, you know, way more badass than Skeletor as well. He's just yeah. not as funny. And his, but if you look at his henchmen as well, there's the scene in um, the Christmas special where they're chasing down, um, right towards the end where they're chasing down um, the kids and they're all on, no, they're flying things which aren't jet skis, they're just fucking discs, kind of like waltzer things you get in the fairground. They remind me of um, like gladiatorial chariots. Yeah. They're very much like chariots that fly. Yeah, that's probably a good, uh, good description. But they're on those, and his, even his henchmen look a lot fucking harder than, than Skeletor's in, yeah. in this special. And he's got an army of fucking robots as well. Skeletor's just got his general nincompoop henchmen. Yeah, but if you look at them in, in the Christmas special, his, uh, the ones he got in the series were a bit better, but the, one, the, the henchmen he had in, in this Christmas special, they're all fucking brightly coloured, and yeah, they're I mean, very like softly spoken. Modulock there. Yeah, I don't know, but they're all bright red and purple, and mm. they're, they're all very softly spoken, and very you know, they're kind of well-mannered. Mm. And you just think, they're not scary. No. They're not going to intimidate anybody. No. Let alone fucking He-Man. Who's going oh, to so you were on about Skeletor's Sorry, yeah. Sorry, I thought you were on about Hordak's no. because Hordak had Modulock and yeah. all those. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're pretty fucking badass, Yeah, right? that's, that's what I mean. That's what yeah, whereas Skeletor's, they were fucking too bad. Yeah, they're the, most of them are the fucking village people with them. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's uh, so much more effort went into because, as, as, as you say, by that point, He-Man had hit, so they, they knew they could do it. And they just kind of upped the ante a bit. Mm. I mean, I remember that I had the toy, uh, the um, Hordak toy, and it, it wasn't the same as the, the, the He-Man toys were all the same, which were different heads on them, yeah, and yeah. different colours. The, 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 the She-Ra toys, so the, the ones I had, they were a bit more like Thundercats. They were, they were a bit more rigid, a bit, a bit yeah. heavier, a bit more solid. And they weren't all rubbery, rubber end and no, you couldn't pull them apart. As yeah, because He-Man toys were on that kind of black elastic. Yeah. But, I mean, it's interesting you say that about them being in the same mould, and they clearly were. Like, it was all different bodies that were painted different, and they'd be different features. Like, obviously, Moss Man was covered in moss, and Thunder Punch Man would rotate and stuff. But the mould was essentially the same. Yeah. And when you look at the character designs in the show as well, though, that carries through. Every woman in the show is identical. Yes. With a different head. Yeah. They've got different colour hair. Even their faces look the fucking same. They've I just got different the, colour hair. I don't know. The Queen kind of looked at Gillian Anderson. A little bit. Is that just because she's slightly older and has red hair? Maybe, but uh, just, just the, the, the way the face was angled. And it just, I don't know. Yeah. It sort of struck me straight away. I, mean, I may have a slight obsession. You, you put, like, Teela next to She-Ra and put both of them next to Evil Lee. Yeah. It's, it's like they're, they're fucking same. Certainly from a toy perspective, they were the fucking same. They're but slightly different molding the show, yeah, you, you look at them and they, like, they are the same. They just do the hair differently. Yeah. Like, they're identical height. They've you know, their faces, they're identical shape. They've you know, Everything is the same. Again, the Queen had slightly bigger tits. They were saggier though. Yeah, but... Yeah. But maybe they're just saggy because everybody else is essentially walking around in a fucking bustier. Yeah, maybe. So, you know, like literally, like I say, the women, when she are transformed, she is all of a sudden properly dressed. Yes. Battle. Whereas the rest of the time, she's just romping around in this fucking leotard thing. Yeah. It's quite amazing. Which for a princess, like surely as a princess, she should be swanning around in like some regal gap, like the Queen does. Yeah, you'd think, wouldn't you? Yeah. But then again, as a prince, Adam shouldn't be wearing that fucking pink vest either. 
and purple fucking what the hell? Why does nobody in a tourney wear trousers? I don't. Well, some of them. No, I don't. They don't nobody wears trousers. No. They all wear pants and leggings. Maybe it's like the Donald Duck thing. Maybe I don't know, but like I don't know. They all just look like a troop of dancers. <laughs> like Eternia is a planet full of ballet dancers. They're all wandering around in leggings. Yeah, true. Quite bizarre. Then yeah. again, if, you know, if you look at some of the, some of the toys and the shapes on them, if you've got legs of light, then, well, fuck it, I'll get them. I'll just show them off, yeah. yeah. But then again, if you were moulded like that, you'd think, yeah, fuck those. Yeah. But I, it's interesting as well. I mean, we're getting into greater He-Man lore now, I suppose, which we should save for the episode, but it, it's in it's in my head now, so I'm, I'm going to bring it up. Like, how the fuck do you not realise, looking at Adam... Just looking at yeah. him, looking at Buffy. Like, he doesn't gain any extra muscle when he turns into He-Man. He just loses his clothes. And he gains a tan. He does gain a tan, yeah. And his hair gets a little bit darker. Does his hair get darker as he Very slightly. It's, 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 it's a darker yellow. Because he clearly bleaches his hair as Adam anyway. Yeah, Because yeah. he's got black eyebrows. Yeah. But his hair is a slightly... So he's a bottle blonde. It's a slightly more natural blonde. And then he's got a tan. Yeah, he, do, he does get tanned, definitely. Yeah. And his voice gets deeper. Yes. And, and slightly less annoying. Yeah, Adam's voice is really fucking amazing. I can't, I can't remember the name of the actor. It's the guy, he plays he's, He plays the older teacher in Clueless, and he's, he's always had that sort of role. He's a an older middle-aged man, bald head, quite short, and a very nasally, whiny sort yeah, of voice. Yeah. And it reminds me of him, because of the voice. He looks nothing like him, but it always makes me think of him, because he's so fucking annoying. I mean, I guess it's just a Batman effect where Bruce Wayne has to sound different to Batman, but at least... Yeah. I don't know, there's just something... Well, the fact you can still see his fucking face. You know, it's, well, uh, yeah, he... he doesn't wear a mask. Yeah, the, the only thing he does is take clothes. clothes off. Yeah. That's the only difference. So how in the fuck does nobody realise? Which, realistically, like, I know it all happens by magic, but for what clothes he wears as He-Man, like, he could wear that strap and that little chest plate under his clothes at all times. Yeah, and just put his shirt off. Put, yeah, why fuck around with by the... You're just wasting ten seconds. Why yeah. fuck around with by the power of Grayskull? Well, that's right. And there's there's a bit... Um, like a hold room. on, hold on. Where does the sword come from, though? It's... I, when we watched it, I remember thinking that, because when he first pulls his sword out from between his shoulders, the hilt isn't sticking up above, no, above, above his shoulders. No, it should be there the it whole should, time. You should be able to see it, but you can't. He reaches back, dislocates his fucking shoulder, reaches down and pulls it out of his arse. So he is... Like, he is wearing the sword at all times, which means he is wearing the chest plate at all times. Yeah. So literally, so he, he could just unbutton his fucking yeah. shirt. Yeah, he could literally just take... He could just do a Superman. Yeah, absolutely. So all of this is just... Again, like I said, ain't nothing straight about E-Man. All of this is just grandstanding. Look how fabulous I am. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right. Um... But yeah, go back to what we're talking, what we're talking about, about him being in disguise, or them being in disguise. That she is a bit less obvious because of the, the, the clothing and the tiara. It, it pushes her, her hair slightly different. It yeah. frames her slightly differently. He-Man literally just takes his fucking shirt off. But there's a point in this Christmas special where it's a really bad fucking joke and um, Skeletor's going after the Sky Spy. Then He-Man's going after, the, after Skeletor. And um, Adora says... Oh, I think he might need some help. Yeah. It's like, just fucking say it just, already. Just say it, yeah. Bear in mind, Adam then literally transforms into He-Man in front of everyone. Well, it's only uh, Man at Arms is there at that point, isn't oh, it? Oh, who knows anyway. Who knows so anyway. Fine. But yeah, it's like, if, you, if you're trying to be subtle and give a little wink, don't turn to the camera and go, Oh, I wonder if he needs some help from Shira. But then, hilariously, and as I mentioned earlier on, there's a whole plan which he misses. Because rather than respond to her, he literally walks through the shot. <laughs> they, they and this is animation. Yeah, they've had to, they've had so to do that. So somebody had to draw this. He literally crosses and blocks her and walks out of shot. Yeah. Doesn't even give her... He's just like, bitch, please. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if, the, if it was live action and, you could, and the, it was the only take they had that was usable, you could sort of understand they couldn't cut around it. Yeah. Some fuckers had to draw that. Yeah, and he literally, he may as well just show her the palm of his hand as he's walking past. <laughs> he might as well just shove her out the fucking way. Yeah. It's like, brilliant. I am he, man. Back the fuck off. Yeah. I don't I, need no woman helping me. I've got it. Go away. Yeah. But yeah, it's brilliant. And Go and play with the mermaids. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'd pay to see. Yeah. But yeah, um, 
so yeah, it is quite funny when you when you look at some st- some of the stuff like that that they've gone out of their way. And again, we talked very briefly about choices that were made. Mm. And let's say there's some things in some of these sequences you just why in the fuck have you done that? Yeah, I mean you can't do it by accident because no. somebody's had to go off and draw it. Yeah, I mean there, there are plenty of of times as well, and I, I guess maybe this is just for padding, or maybe it's because they want to show these characters' abilities. But like there are several times where they'll encounter enemies that they could literally take apart in, in a second. Yeah. But they let them fight. I mean, shortly after that sequence, where He-Man uh, jumps onto Skeletor's plane, Yeah. Um, there's these metal arms that come out after him, and he spends a good 30 seconds wrestling with them by hand. Yeah. Is able, clearly able to overpower them, but then decides instead, no, do you know what I'll do? I'll get my sword out and just cut them in half. Like, yeah. why don't you just fucking do that in the first place? Yeah, but then, just after that, they punch a hole in the side of the ship to crash it. Yeah, so why not do that yeah, straight away? Just do that in the first fucking place. Yeah. I but, mean, like, well, it comes up later on as well, where um, they're fighting with the... Oh, fuck. Monstroids? Monstroids. Yeah. The robots. Yeah. Monstroids. They fight, and these things, when they first confront she are about eight foot tall. There's yeah. three of them. When they come back later on, they're about 40 fucking foot tall. Yeah, yeah. For well, no reason whatsoever. I mean, they are robots who transform. So maybe no, robots who change shape. Right, yeah. So maybe yeah. they could like change. But size yeah, like all of a sudden, there's no explanation. There's no reason for it. They're just fucking ten times the size or five times the size. But then, as they're fighting with them, literally, Shira waits for one of them to turn into a tank and take aim at it before she shoots a fucking lightning bolt out of a sword and cuts it down the middle. Yeah, which she could have done at any at point. any fucking point. And there's no need for it. Yeah, I mean, but somebody's a... had to sit there and fucking draw that. Yeah, I mean, there's also a sequence where one of the monstroids shoots She-Ra out of the sky with a laser beam, or what we think is a laser yeah, beam. Yeah. We later learn is a bubble. Yeah. So these are giant, scary, shape-shifting robots that shoot bubbles. Motherfucker. Um, they trap her in a bubble. She waits for them to give their whole grand villain speech and leave, leaving her there. Yeah. Before all of a sudden she turns her sword into fire and cuts a hole in the bubble and kicks it through. Yeah. Why could she not do that in the first place and actually beat them before they legged it? Saved everybody a whole bunch of trouble. Again, more screen time, more toys. Yeah, well. More yeah. money. And we have to see the manchines, which we wouldn't have seen. Had, had she killed them earlier. That. Yeah, yeah. Now, I remember, again, I didn't remember the manchines as characters. I remember there were little toys I had which were not associated with female Shira. But a lot of them were very similar in shape and had similar attributes. So one of them had a buzzsaw for a hand, mm-hmm. and one of them had like hammerheads and uh, hammerheads for, for hands. Yeah. Very similar in sort of nature, and they were about the same size. So you could quite easily play with them alongside your humanity yeah, yeah. toys. That what they came, they, they, they were yeah. kind of to scale. And I, I remember doing that quite a lot. Um, but yeah, again, it's just little characters being turned into toys who weren't Ewoks. Yeah, I mean, they, for no reason were they anything like Ewoks. No, no, nothing at all like Ewoks. I mean, they, they've just got Happy Meal written all over them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, they remind me of Telebugs. Do you remember Telebugs? No, I don't. Okay, Telebugs was a, a CITV show, and they were these uh, little flying droids. I think there were three of them. There was like a black one, a red one, and a yellow one, I want to say. Maybe there were four, maybe there was a blue one as well. Anyway, they had televisions in their stomach. Oh, early Teletubbies. Kind of. Uh, what, was they, what was it their faces I mean even I'm struggling to remember them now maybe it was their faces with TVs but anyway they look very much like these manchines um, I think I think they were after He-Man so I don't think that was ripped off from them yeah but, maybe um, but let's like say I mean I'd imagine it'd been done before at some point as well uh, I mean we commented on the manchines as well I mean you get Cutter and Zipper because you know, Cutter cuts shit and Zipper really fast but he's a bit shit and can't steer um so we had that, and then all of a sudden there's a fight going on. Get the other machines. He Man and She Ra need our help. No, they fucking don't. So they whistle, and from nowhere, fucking hundreds of machines appear, most of whom look like fucking chair legs. And they don't look like they have yeah, a great deal of ability. They don't fucking look useful. No, I mean, there's one who has a flat head and they use as a blood object to hit, to hit robots over with. Yeah. And then, and then the robots, they fall over, they get a little electrical spark off them, and then they're done. Who's yeah, building they... these fucking things? They were clearly shit. I mean, they're sentient, so they're probably like building themselves, maybe. I don't but know. Build some fucking armor, seriously. Yeah. Or maybe. I mean, no. The fact that you fall over and electrically short, it's like, you haven't thought that one through. You're a battle droid, but if you fall over, that's it. That's it, you're the, done. The electrical system fucks. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really work. Um, and they, 
again, there were other toys which, like, they were rip-offs of other things, and then there were other toys which looked very similar to them, but, for, again, for legal reasons, weren't they? They were slightly no. different things and had slightly different shapes. But I remember having things, again, which were about, scale-wise, would have been about the same size for the He-Man figures, and then... Again, you kind of played with and had similar features. Like one of them had a gun on it. Well, I mean, as, yeah, as a kid, you would do that anyway. You would yeah. mix and match things and make your own stories. You yeah. didn't need a He-Man and a Skeletor. You could quite easily fight a He-Man with a Mumra and just yeah. cross your universe. It happened all the time. Yeah, yeah. Although, I was say, I think my He-Man disappeared quite early. Um, of all the toys I had, yeah. that was one of the ones that broke first. Broke. Yeah, and they um, were pretty flimsy. Like, if you, if you, despite the fact they were on rubber bands, if you've got any kind of, thick rubber as yeah, well, if but you had any kind of force on those, they would snap. Yeah. Um, bugs. just to go back to a slightly earlier conversation, uh, the black one was the villain and the TVs are their faces. They were right, white, okay. red and yellow. I've literally just Googled it. So, literally, the black one was the villain and the white one was the hero. Uh, yeah, literally Good that. God. Yeah, literally that. The yellow one was a girl because she has a bow on top of her monitor screen. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, and they had like this vacuum cleaner dog. Anyway, we're not talking about telebugs, but they just really <laughs> remind me of the Manchines. Yeah, I, I can see that from the picture you showed me. I, yeah. I can see that. Um, so yeah, it's kind of funny. And I said, unfortunately, looking back at this show, and I, I dare say when we go back through E-Man and Shira to, to do separate episodes on them, or if we may do a combined one, because we may have a lot of bitching to do. Um, it's kind of disappointing. In it. And it's it, very disappointing. I mean, it does, but it is enjoyable. Oh, absolutely! Said, I mean, we we sat here and let's say on a TV that's bigger than my house uh, and watched this for the last four, no, for forty minutes before we started this, and did laugh our bollocks off because it's it's brilliant in a really really bad way, and it's bad in a brilliant way, and you yeah. can, you can kind of as an adult you think, oh, this is shit. I, this is just so cheesy and so trite. But then you look at it and go, but that's yeah, I can see why I like that. I think this is this is probably the first time over the course of SMPD that that we've looked back on something and enjoyed it for all the wrong reasons. I think yeah. everything else we've watched, we've either been able to flat out say this doesn't hold up, yeah, or as is most normally the case with what we've looked back on so far, this is still brilliant and this plays to an adult audience. Yes, He Man does not play no, to an God, adult no. audience at all unless you're clearly in it for like if you've had a few drinks yeah, yeah, yeah and you want to watch it for shits and giggles yeah definitely it's hilarious but i mean don't go coming into it looking for thundercats or anything like that because no, it's it's not it doesn't not that arc at all no uh even the, i mean the quality of the animation i would say bar none is the worst out of anything we've looked at yeah I mean, I mean characters speak without moving their mouths and yeah there, there's one there was one shot i remember they they delivered they they changed the shot midway through a sentence to get closer on somebody's face but the face didn't fucking move yeah i mean i can't remember who it was but yeah it's it's not there and then you look at like the um the monstroids that every time they appear there's a sequence where one of them's in the middle, one of them pops up facing them from the left hand side of the screen, and then one of them pops up with it back to you on the right hand side of the screen. To them, they're having a little conflict together, mm. and it, they use it like three or four times, and it's just really frustrating. And I mean, you know, this whole thing's going to go in one of two ways. It is a Christmas special, so either a network somewhere pumped money into this bad boy, in which case there's no excuse. Mm. Um, or they had very little budget and actually had to siphon this off their run, in which case you could maybe understand the odd sort of repeat frame or... Ah, it's I mean, it was, fa- it was fairly there. common there. I and mean, we talked about it before. I mean, we talked about it on um, on Who Wins, where we talked about things like um, the Jetsons and the Flintstones. And stuff. It was a common technique earlier on in, in sort of cartoon television, syndicated cartoons. Um, and it wouldn't have been uncommon in the 80s to do either. But the by the time this would have come out, I mean, He-Man would have possibly ended its run or certainly been well into its run. Shira would have had a fair go as well. So I mean, to say that money wouldn't have been there, I think is possibly um, possibly not not the right way to look mm. at it. I think it was just they kind of rushed it out. Yeah, well, I mean, it had to be out. I mean, it's although a, it's a Christmas special, I don't know. We'd have to check the original air date, but I wouldn't mind betting this thing aired end of November, start of December, to allow children enough time to nag their parents the toys. for He-Man toys for Christmas. And, and, and new He-Man toys like the Manchines and stuff. Um, yeah, 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 stuff that was. In the Christmas special that they've seen yeah. in the Christmas special. Speaking of, when that Christmas, when I saw that Christmas special as a kid, that um, at the end, uh, Man Adams gives the kids flying belts, these yellow Batman-looking utility I was, belts. I was going to say, they're basically utility belts. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted one of those for fucking years. Yeah. Never saw one. Still can't fly. Motherfuckers. Yeah, see, TV lies, dude. 
TV lies, I'm not happy. TV lies, I mean, I, neither. Like, if I get a kitchen knife now and champ by the power of Grayskull and grab the blade, I'm going to end up in A&E. I'm not going to transform into He-Man. Oh, is that not what No, not at all. I tend to cut my hand open Yeah, and I'm, do that. Yeah, I mean, there's stuff like that. And like, so it, there's... Why do, I mean, we talked about it when we watched it. Why the, who the fuck thought it was a good idea for him to grab the blade of his yeah, own sword? He's holding, it like, he's holding it like a fucking pugil stick. He's literally got the, hand, the hilt in one hand and he's gripping the blade like it's another handle. Like, that would cut his hand. That would take his shreds. fingers off. Yeah. Like, literally, he'd be, hack- he'd be squeezing down and hacking tendons as he's doing it. Yeah. And she kind of does it to an extent. When she changes, she's kind of cradling it like it's a fucking baby. So she's got her, the, the hilt in her right hand, and then her left hand is holding it like it's a fucking baby's head. Yeah. But, I mean, that, that I can at least accept a little bit. He-Man literally grabs oh, the, the end. Fucker. Yeah. He grabs the end of that sword. Yeah. Maybe he's frustrated. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Um, but, yeah. So it, it is quite funny. And I'd say looking back on it, I mean, I'm, I was, I won't say I was disappointed. I was a little surprised at how well it didn't hold up. Um, but at the same time, I loved the whole 42 minutes and whatever it was of it. I mean, I've, I've seen this much more recently than Mark. This is um, Mark's round at my place watching this on my DVD copy, which I watch every year at <laughs> Christmas. Uh, shamelessly um, so yeah even though I, I say it's disappointing and it doesn't hold up look I clearly there's enough nostalgia to oh, God, yeah. and, and it, there's enough unintentional humour in there to be found to just stick it on and watch it if you can get all of it on YouTube or pro- fuck the DVD's probably like a fiver I didn't pay I think I paid a tenner when it came out and it I was, had it for years it was actually now. quite annoying I, I did look for it because um, I, I haven't seen it for years but I had a as a child I had a uh, recorded off TV VHS copy and that's fucking long gone now as is my video because I don't have it anymore I bet you the best thing about that was the adverts probably yeah um, but yeah so I mean I, I looked for the DVD to try and pick it up and it was actually quite expensive um, really because there aren't that many copies of it around anymore wow like looking on Amazon they were like yeah there are three available Jesus um, so is that, it's, it's out of print then I didn't really oh, yeah, it's, oh, I did not realize. I think it, it, the last print run was in 2010 uh, which is region 4 they didn't do a Shit. massive run. They did region one, two, and four. Um, didn't do three and five for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, they didn't do massive runs. And like to try and find it now, it's quite expensive because they don't seem to be able to track that many down. I mean, if you can find it and it's not out of your price range, I will say the DVD itself is actually excellent. It is chock full of stuff. Uh, there's and art if, galleries and all sorts on there. So. And if you do find it in your local HMB or anywhere else and you want to send it to me, drop us an email. I'll send you my address by all means. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I as I sat here and laughed and cringed at the same time but yeah it's 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 not held up it doesn't it doesn't look right and the sort the narrative's a bit shit but i absolutely loved every second of it so if you do have a chance between watching nightmare before christmas and muppets christmas carol and scrooge and anything else you can think of that you love at christmas give it a watch it's only 40 minutes but you won't regret it no probably uh, however uh, just just caveat as i said i always watch it at christmas because it's called a christmas special this is not a Christmas film. Oh, fuck There no. is nothing Christmassy about this. Well, no, there's snow and there's trees and no. Uh, and that's about where it ends. And there's two little children who want presents from Father Christmas. And the Scrooge character has now has his, his journey. Yeah, I guess. Okay, so maybe there is some Christmassy stuff about it, but not to the extent of things like Nightmare Before no, Christmas no, no. or Scrooge or Home Alone or Die Hard or any other Christmas movie that you want to name. This is not that. And for anybody having that argument, fuck oh, off, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Just get bent. Like, why, why is that even debated? Because people are idiots. Not yeah. you people. No, clearly not. I'm sure everybody listened to this thinks Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and if you don't, then it sorry, is. you're wrong. It uh, is. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Just uh, like Gremlins. They're all Christmas movies. Who the fuck thinks Gremlins is not a Christmas movie? Oh, there are people. What the fuck? Yeah, I've had this argument, yeah. Oh, man. We know some really strange people. Yeah. Gremlins 2 is not a Christmas no, movie, no, no. but Gremlins is a Christmas movie. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, as usual, going down the rabbit hole there. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. yeah, give it a look, is, is what we're saying. It's not... You know, we're not going to sit here, I think, and recommend it in the same way that we've recommended D'Artagnan, or the same way that we've recommended Thundercats, or... Actually, pretty much anything that we've <laughs> yeah. done so far, we've been we've been surprised and, and blown away by the by the quality of the shows that we've been watching. There were no surprises here. Oh, I, th- I don't think that's true. I think I think I was quite surprised by the quality, but not. But in the way. wrong way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, let's say go out and watch it. It's it's worth a look because it's 
it's it's cheesy and it's trite and it's funny and it's funny unintentionally a lot of time. But yeah, it's it's definitely worth a look, even if you only watch it once. It'll make you Christmas. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I guess the only thing left to say from us really is uh, thanks to everybody that's been listening to this podcast since we started around this year. We're we're blown away by the response that we've had. From Absolutely. You guys. And uh, and same with the the other show as well, and the other shows on the uh, Double Down Podcast Network, um, absolutely stunned. Um, and same as uh, Alan and Laura with uh, with their show, and, and that's on Who Wins. So yeah, keep listening. Um, we've got some great shows coming up in the new year. Um, I believe Rugrats is up next. Rugrats is next for us. Yeah. Um, and then let's say we've got some great stuff coming up uh, in the new year following that as well. So so as usual as well, if you are gonna look back on Rugrats yourself, feel free to reach out to us via the website or Twitter. Yeah. Um, if you go to uh, ddpodcast.net and all the contact details are on there. Uh, my Twitter handle keeps changing, so uh, I'm not gonna tell you what that is. Uh, somebody thought it would be a great idea to set up a hashtag that coincided with the Santa Monica Police Department. Yeah, uh, they weren't so I mean, happy. Yeah, yeah. So, Tweets, tweeting the police about Batman turns out not clever. Yeah, so um, our, I think our Twitter handle at the moment is uh, SMPD Pod. So um, yeah, if you want to catch us on there, or let's say go through the website, um, DDPodcast.net. Yeah. Just reach out to us if you have any feedback. If you want to call us idiots, that's fine. Or if you're watching the show at the same time as us, just let us know your thoughts. We'll, Absolutely, we'll read out the best ones on the show. So. As I say, thanks to everybody that's listened this year. It, it has stunned and amazed us that so many of you tune in and listen to our bullshit. Every or at least download it, even if you don't listen to it. Yeah, we, we don't care. It makes us feel good. Yeah. So, Merry Christmas, everybody, from all of us. Happy at holidays. Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever, whatever it is that people celebrate. Whatever your flavour, Merry, Merry something to you. See you later. See you next time.